1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Recruiting Every Second. My name is Blaine Gilmer, and thank you so much for joining us here on the show on the Believe Podcast Network that covers everything SEC football recruiting. And, man, do we have a packed show for you this evening. Uh, Depending on morning, evening, afternoon, whenever you're listening here with us on the Believe Podcast Network, we're going to be talking about best and worst quarterback situations going forward. We're going to be talking about uh, SEC schools that are in the top 10 right now in the recruiting rankings and who has a chance to rise. And also talking maybe some SEC portal watch and things related to the portal. And I say we because I have my co-host here with me, Mr. Jeremy Johnson. Jeremy, how you doing, man?
0: I'm good, man. How you doing?
1: Doing great, doing great. Good to have you on here. I think this might be the... <laughs> Second second time since we've switched over to recruiting. Every second you've been on, so uh, glad you able to record with you this evening, and uh, excited to talk a little SEC football here. Always,
0: always. When you're in the south, that's all you talk about is football. So
1: <laughs> no doubt. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Jeremy is a writer for the Athens Banner-Herald in Athens, Georgia, and I am a writer for Bulldog Illustrated out of Athens, Georgia, uh, and Guys, we, we, cover, we cover Bulldogs and Bulldog recruits a lot, but also uh, as you cover Bulldog recruits and guys that are getting recruited by Georgia, you come across quite a few, basically virtually all of them, they're getting recruited by all the other SEC schools as well. So well-versed in it, kind of these people we're going to be talking about, but we're going to kind of mix, Jeremy, here to start off with the present product of these schools with the future. And what we're talking about here right now with these best quarterback situation and worst quarterback situation, we're talking about not only on the field now, but when you take into account the 2022 class as well, who has the best quarterback situation Going forward, and who has the worst quarterback situation. But before we get into that, and you know, when you're talking about quarterback situations, it's all about not only the present, but the future, like we mentioned. And when you're talking about futures, when you're talking about odds, when you're talking about anything that you need to know to place a bet, then you need to rely on Bet Online. AG. bet BetOnline is who's presenting the show today and you know BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. BetOnline has you covered for all the news scores and odds and it's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head over to BetOnline.ag use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Jeremy, I do want to preface this. In no way anybody listen to this, in no way is this meant to run down any any quarterback or any player or anything like that, because I was a high school quarterback my, myself and I was nowhere near as good as any of these players at any school. So and by no means am I uh, running anybody down. But that remains, Jeremy, there's a there's a kind of a No matter what sport you're in, what situation, there is a hierarchy there.
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, And I never played quarterback. I could never have played quarterback. You know, just thinking about catching a football and having the entire field chasing me is just terrifying. So I salute every quarterback for what you guys do. I really appreciate you. I played on the offensive line, so I know what you guys go through. So this is no way, like you said, and. You know sliding of anybody because if you playing quarterback in the SEC, you're a dude. So I mean I have no ill respect, I mean disrespect to any of you guys, but I think it's fun to discuss for us. And uh yeah I'm looking forward to it.
1: And some of our answers uh, may not be the same and some of them may uh, surprise you guys and uh we'd love to get any kind of feedback from you. So uh, make sure you follow the show. You can use at recruiting underscore SEC on Twitter and Instagram to follow. Um also you know, on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere. Just either search my name, Blaine Gilmer, B-L-A-Y-N-E-G-I-L-M-E-R, or Recruiting Every Second, and you will see the show up there. Make sure to subscribe, review, uh, and greatly appreciate it. Also, you can catch the show on YouTube over on the Bulldog Illustrated YouTube channel. So, Jeremy, right off the bat here, we're going to get to the best quarterback situations. And, uh, you know, we... It sent you the show topic a little bit before today. You had a little bit of time to to marinate, let this marinate and kind of think on it a little bit. What's uh, What program st- stands out to you as having the best quarterback situation, not only for 2021, but kind of going forward with what's coming in?
0: Carl, for me, it was a really hard decision just because you know there are three really good programs with three really good situations. Um, Alabama's really up there. They got two guys that are, obviously they are going to have Bryce Young this year and then uh, ty uh Simpson Samson Simpson Ty Simpson yep uh, coming in next year another five star out of Tennessee that's that's a special player um you know, so they'll reload at that spot once Bryce Young moves on to the NFL or just run finishes out his eligibility but um, lSU obviously has Max Johnson and they just they just they lured in another five star to come in after him um, in a few years so
1: and miles Brennan's still there too
0: and miles Brennan is still there and i think people had high expectations of him last year he's a former four or five star guy himself so um, there's a lot of talent in all three of those rooms but i had all both of those rooms but i had to go with georgia just because you know they've probably got the guy that's expected to go first in the draft this year in jt daniels they have um a five-star brock vandergrift that came in this year they have Carson Beck, that was a four-star the year before, and even Stetson Bennett, who was able to go out and win some football games for him this year and play really well at times uh, uh, this past year. Um, so I really feel like that's the best situation right now, just with the teams in the SEC. I feel like JT's going to do, do things that quarterback of Georgia hadn't done in a while, and, you know, he's really he's a really talented football player. And then you have Vandegrift coming in, hometown guy, But all the upside in the world that, you know, is going to be in waiting, you know, once Daniels either moves on or graduates in a year or it should that be two years. I think they're set up nicely moving forward. And even with Gunnar Stockton coming in behind um, Vannegrift in 2022, you know, should, you know, you know, he have to wait two years to play. Uh, Gunnar Stockton will be there for some healthy competition or even to be a solid backup to Vannegrift at some point.
1: And we'll touch on that uh, later on when we start talking about transfer portal because I got some some of my own opinions on on what uh, may transpire with all that situation here in the era of the transfer portal. But Jeremy, I, when it when I was looking into this, it really stuck out to me to either be Alabama or LSU. And when I got down to looking at it, you know Bryce Young is there, uh, of course. Highly talented, he's going to have a phenomenal year for Alabama. They're going to, you know, put up tremendous amounts of yards and points and crazy statistics like they've been doing here since Nick Saban flipped the proverbial switch. It seemed and said, "Okay, everybody wants to play offense. Well, I'm just going to go out and do it better than anybody." And and that's kind of what he's what he's done. So, um, however, they have they have Jalen uh, M- Milroe there behind him. Don't know, uh, you know. We haven't seen much out of Jalen Mil- Mil- Milrow. Um, he's he's coming up, you know, into this. He a little, you know the spring game there. You see see action out of him, but you know he's in his class of 2021. And then Ty Simpson, like you said, he's coming in a five star. Now I will say this: I do think Ty, and I am bold prediction time. I, s- I think Ty Simpson. I think Ty Simpson wins a Heisman Trophy before his time is done in Alabama think uh you know it's not that it's not going out on that huge of a limb because he is playing at alabama however i just think that he is even though he's a five star i feel like people kind of got on ty simpson later uh i feel like he he's more prepared than any quarterback there is out there uh because of his famous family situation his dad is the head coach at at uh, tennessee martin U.P. Uh, Martin and he has grown up around the college game the college atmosphere his entire life I feel like Ty Simpson is going to be uniquely qual- qualified to step in and excel once he gets there I think Ty Simpson could even dethrone Bryce Young when he comes in I mean that's how good I think Ty Simpson is however there is a special special quarterback room over there at LSU uh, I think Max Johnson, Max Johnson is just scratching the surface of what he can do. Um, NFL, you know, Super Bowl champion <laughs> winning uh, quarterback. As for a for a father in Brad Johnson, uh, a guy that um, you know is just tough as nails. That Florida game last year, the way that he the way that he played uh max johnson has you know a lot going for him going in he's in he's in a battle with miles brennan who you mentioned is highly talented was highly recruited himself they have garrett nussmeyer as well uh they signed signed this this recruiting class is coming in and then walker howard a five-star coming in right behind that t.j finley of course just uh you know is transferring out there's rumors that he could be landing at auburn here soon um, and boy, what a mess that would make over with uh, T.J. Finley, Bo Nix. Does Brian Harson go with <laughs> go with the guy who's not his guy, and Bo Nix has just been there? Or you know, is T.J. Finley going to be able to come in? So it's it's going to be a revolving door with this transfer stuff going on. And like I said, we'll touch on that later. But I'm going to give the edge to LSU just because of the the depth, the 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 numbers right there. And I think that you, I think Max Johnson is highly underrated. Um, I think he's going to be an excellent quarterback at, at LSU. I think he'll end up winning the job from Miles Brennan. Miles Brennan, who knows he, with the, where the way the portal is, he may end up moving on. Um, but then Garrett Nussmeyer's there, Walker Howard's there. So uh, I think just the quality of those three over what I think is the brilliance of Bryce Young's athleticism and then Ty Simpson's next generational talent I was I really think it is. I'm going to take. LSU there. Um, now, Jeremy, I uh, want to remind everybody real quick, you're listening to Recruiting Every Second on the Believe Podcast Network. You can follow the show using at recruiting underscore SEC. And now we're going to get into our worst quarterback situation. And Jeremy, you you didn't wait long when I asked you before the show, what, who do you got? So go ahead and let everybody know uh, what situation do you think is the worst in the SEC now and going forward you know
0: we we did have a little talk uh you know pre-show and i you know you kind of swayed me but i'm still going to stick with my original um first gut uh reaction would probably be vanderbilt and it's not to say um ken ken seals you know it's not to say he's a bad quarterback he uh he's a good quarterback you know it's i mean it's just that we have to look at the whole picture and we look at the situation and you know, he started. He, he was thrown out there as a freshman, and he had a good year. But you know, you look at the team and what they had going on, and you know, they weren't even able to complete all of their games just because of everything going on with COVID and the program. And you know, it's it's just a tough situation to be a quarterback in when you're not necessarily surrounded by um, the Devontae Smiths, the George Pickens. You know, so. I think that situation is a unique one because I feel like the quarterback himself is gifted, but, you know, he's not necessarily throwing to the same types of guys that these other guys are talking to. And when you look at it as a whole situation, I mean, I don't really see one worse than that. I mean, going with the struggles they've had (laughs) no disrespect, no disrespect to them. It's just, I mean,
1: it's totally hard to sure it's, it's hard to have reason. success when you're when you're undermanned everywhere else. That's that's for yeah. sure. Uh, I I don't know. I I, I still I think Vandy is like fourth or fifth from the worst in my opinion. Just because I think I really believe in in Ken Seals. I think Ken Seals is is a gritty uh, you know quarterback, a guy that is going to be able to do what uh, Clark Lee wants him to do to be able to succeed. Uh, I think that program is starting to invest in football there. They I think they made one of the best hires of the entire offseason bringing Barton Simmons on to be their general manager uh, you know, of that program. And I think they're gonna find ways to go out and uniquely get talent. But when you look at it, I almost had a what I would consider a three way a three way tie for the worst. Uh, Mississippi State. Other than having Jack Abram and Will Rogers are going to uh, battle it out over there. Jack Abram transferring in from you know Southern Miss, and Will Rogers. Hey, I thought he played really stinking good against uh, against Georgia when they came when they came yeah. to, to Georgia last year. Will Rogers showed a lot. Um, however, like you said, I think that the talent level overall at Mississippi State is going to going to kind of hurt them uh, going forward. I do think that. You know, I think Will Rogers is going to be a good quarterback. I just don't know if there's a whole lot around him after, let's say, Jack Abram beats him out, right, this mm-hmm. year. And with the transfer portal situation, let's say Will Rogers throws his, his hat into the portal, he ends up leaving, going somewhere else to play right away. Well, then what shape is Mississippi State in if Jack Abram goes down with a turned ankle in, you know, game, game one. Uh, so I, I think that's a that's a rough situation just from a depth point of view. I think that the Tennessee situation almost needs to be its own category because I'm just waiting for the NCAA to bring the hammer down with the sanctions and see everybody. Uh, Henry uh, Toa Toa got out, I think, ahead of the sinking ship going down over there with all that. But I think you're going to see players just – Scurry away from there like rats from a sinking ship. You know what I'm saying? Once, uh, once the uh, NCA brings the hammer down, because I really think they will on Tennessee. I, I know they imposed. I know they did a self investigation. I know that they initiated this stuff. But once you kind of look at the, you know, what they like to use the term, the lack of institutional control that was going on in Tennessee under Jeremy Pruitt. I think Josh heifel and crew are in for a bad, bad uh, look over there. Plus. I don't think they really have a clue who the quarterback's going to be at Tennessee right now. You got Joe Milton that's coming in from Michigan who, who played good for four games. Brian Maurer's done some stuff. Uh, you know, Harrison Harrison Bailey that was at, at Marietta and played last year. He, everybody viewed him as the heir apparent. But, you know, Tennessee was just so <laughs> bad last year that it didn't go well for him either. So, that's a rough situation. And then one that I think surprised people that I'm going to – actually, Mark, is the worst quarterback situation, not because of the talent of the players, but in, as a, on an individual basis, but just collectively. I think the University of Florida is the, is the worst quarterback situation, and I say that factoring in the expectations of the program of the University of Florida. I don't see anybody, whether it's Emory Jones, uh, Anthony Richardson, Carlos, uh, Carlos Del Rio-Wilson, Jalen Kitna, Nick Evers, that's coming in next year. I just don't see anybody that's going to be capable of saying, okay, now the East is Florida's again, and it's going to be there for a while. In my opinion, the only reason Florida won the SEC East last year is, one, Georgia had its worst quarterback situation on the team in a long time, and secondly, Georgia was injury-riddled and, you know, into that game, and I just don't. I think everything's set up. Plus, they had a great, great talent in Kyle Pitts. I know he got knocked out by Lewis. Seen Lewis. Seen. I thought I saw some chiclets fly. Man, I, I think so, I don't know whose teeth it were. I don't know <laughs> if Kyle Pitts's teeth or Lewis Scene's teeth. Somebody was missing that, teeth.
0: That was one of the hardest hits I've seen in modern day college football. So, I mean, no one got flagged, but it was like, yeah, that looked like 2003 football.
1: Yeah, Which, I mean, that's Ed Reed cleaning somebody's clock coming through there, you know, that that type yeah. of stuff. So, uh, but Kyle Trask played unbelievably well. Not seeing anything out of Emory Jones to make me think that he's going to take Florida to the same level of offensive production or better. Uh, I don't know about Anthony. Anthony Richardson, I think, has a lot of room to, to grow before he's ready to, to hit that level as well. Uh, Carlos Del Rio, he's had some injury problems in high school. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what yeah. ends, up, ends up happening. He moved around uh, to, you know, from Grayson to Cartersville, all that kind of stuff. So we will see. So now uh, I, I think I'm going to give the edge to Florida just because the expectation level uh, and what Dan Mullen, you know, should have there. I think Dan Mullen should be rolling in a five star bona fide, you know, freak every year at, at Florida. You know somebody at the level of a of a cam newton type you know phys, phys, physique uh, somebody <laughs> playing like that but i just don't think that's there again there is no slight all those guys are better than i ever dreamed about being over there at florida but that's just where i think on the situation right now so i think uh, that's
0: an interesting point i mean I you know when you think about florida you think about you know what they're capable of on defense and you know I think you're right when you say um you know you want to that i think they're in the situation that maybe georgia was in last year with a really talented football team and nobody to like really necessarily go out there and make the like you at the quarterback position sometimes you just need that guy that can just take over a football game and i don't see that on florida's roster right now and i agree with you if they're if they're serious about competing with the alabamas the LSUs, the georgia's the um even Texas A&M at this point, you know, you're going to have to be able to win a shootout. So, I mean,
1: fair to I say. Think,
0: that, I, I think you're on to something there.
1: Fair to say that Emory Jones has a lot of uh, Dwan Mathis type comparisons to him at this point last year, just just in terms of the hype was there. Everybody, I remember the week before Arkansas, everybody's like, Dwan Mathis, Dwan Mathis, yeah. about to tear it up, man. And it just didn't turn out that way.
0: I mean, Emory Jones is, but we've heard the hype about him for three, four years now because he was a five-star going down there, and he wasn't able to beat out Kyle Trask. And then, I mean, it's we've seen him in stretches. Like he's—it's not like he's some guy that's just been on the bench, buried. We've seen him on the field, and nothing that he's done at the, up to this point will tell me that hey, you're about to replicate what Kyle Trask just did. Man. Dan Mullen's a genius at, as far as designing offense and what he did with Dak Prescott and Nick Fitzgerald was great. But I don't I don't see that on their roster right now. I mean, I have a lot of – I think Carlos Del Rio Wilson is probably the most gifted guy to me. But, you know, he's had his problems in high school with, as far as injuries and moving around. And he's just a freshman, so I don't know why you would expect a freshman to be a complete project at this point. So –
1: Absolutely. So that was our talk there on best and worst quarterback situations. Uh now we're going to move on here to talking about SEC programs that are in the top <coughs> 10 right now in the recruiting rankings. And Jeremy, those right now you have Georgia sit at this is the 2022 class recruiting rankings, of course. Georgia sitting at number one with 12 commitments right now. Three of those are ranked by 27247 sports with five-star ratings eight of them are four stars one three star then you have lsu sitting at the number three position with 13 commits three five stars six four stars and it jumps down to texas a&m who has eight commits one five star six four stars and then kentucky arkansas mississippi state are sitting at 11 12 and 13 just on the outside of the top 10 and then missouri and alabama down at 16 So what I want to point out here is obviously the SEC always ends up, you know, typically five, six teams in the top ten. And we know – we all know that Alabama is not going to finish at 16. Um, Nick Saban is being selective right now. He's waiting to be able to get these guys into camp because we've talked on here before, Jeremy. Some of these players, they have not seen in two years. Yeah. and. Young men at 16, 17 years old changed a lot over two years, do they not?
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've been around at spring practices over the last couple, over the last two weeks, and every every couple guys, I'm like, okay, who is that? Okay, who, who is that? And then I get their story, and I'm just like, oh, coaches haven't offered you because you were, you know, there's a kid that's six three, six four, three hundred 300 pounds today. Well, last time coaches saw him, he was six, one. Uh, 240 pounds. They put on 60 pounds of muscle. So, I mean, you can't really evaluate these guys if you haven't seen them. So, I think, I think a lot will change by the end of July. By the time July comes around, these recruiting classes will look completely different. Like, we're about to enter chaos at this point.
1: Absolutely. And we want to talk about who's the biggest threat to UGA right now, to the number one spot, LSU sitting there at number three. I think, you know, when you look at – Guys, that uh, LSU is going to be targeting. Of course, there's there's you know running backs that are that are sitting out there, um, defensive linemen. I mean, guys that could really ultimately just go ahead and change this class. But Jeremy, I think having you know Shamar Stewart right there in the mix, that is a battle. I think between LSU and Georgia, Shamon, uh, Shamar Stewart, who's at, from the South Florida area, defensive in that at one point was ranked as the number one overall recruit in the country. It's kind of, those have been shuffled around a little bit here lately. Walter Nolan is an LSU uh, target that, that is coming up. You've seen him, uh, you know, in person at a, at a camp. And there's a lot of guys that they're they're going after, you know, uh, offensive tackle and uh, Kelvin Banks, who's a five-star out of Humble, Texas. Uh, and then, of course, Evan Stewart, who just worked out, if you saw on his Instagram, Evan Stewart is a Georgia – I mean, Georgia wants him badly. That, mm-hmm. uh, that is an understatement at the receiver position. And then it pops up on his Instagram that he's, you know, back home uh, working out with Garrett Nussmeyer, who we just talked about, is on the LSU roster uh, now, you know, as a, as a quarterback, just signed with, um, with the Tigers. So, I mean, a lot can change here just by two or three – recruits especially some of those at the five-star level
0: yeah absolutely um and then I'm starting to like even look at some of these schools that like the Arkansas, the Kentuckys you seeing those guys near the top 10 even though they're I think I think Kentucky has 10 commits and I think Arkansas is around 10 also but you know I feel like those teams like that will kind of come in and swoop in and get some of these guys out of these powerhouse states and that'll keep them up there as well I think that's something different that we haven't really seen. We've seen the teams we've mentioned—LSU, Georgia, Alabama, uh, Texas A&M—over the last few years, kind of be the the head the head pack. But now it's the talent is starting to learn that it can spread out throughout the SEC. Because I think some of these other schools are doing a little better job in looking at some of the kids that they did not initially have on their boards.
1: And I had Josh paid uh, the national director of video for 24 seven sports on the show, not too long ago. And he was talking about Kentucky specifically. I was asking him, you know, a program like Kentucky, what do they have to do to get over the hump, you know, and kind of take, get to that next tier, that upper echelon of the sec East. And Mm -hmm. he said that Mark Stoops needs to run his mouth more. um, And he needs to talk. (laughs) And what he means by that is Kentucky just had six guys drafted in the NFL. In the mm-hmm. NFL draft. And they've had in the last like four or five years, they've had more kids drafted, more young men drafted than all but seven programs in the country.
0: Mm-hmm. It's, Who it's, quiet, it's quietly been a talent powerhouse. I mean, and you know, you see when people, you know, we, we're in Athens. At so we see the Georgia, when Georgia plays them and how they struggle with Kentucky every year. I mean, it's, it's not because it's, it's not because Georgia's like going, out, oh, we're just going to beat Kentucky. No, it's because Kentucky has a good football team. They just aren't, people don't know them as much because they're not on national TV every And I mean, they're good football players in that program. So I think that'll continue, but I think they're starting to even take it up to the next level just as far as recruiting goes with their, the level of talent and where they're getting these guys from.
1: And once again, everybody, this is Recruiting Every Second on the Believe Podcast Network, joined here by Jeremy Johnson of the Athens Banner Herald. I'm Blaine Gilmer, a daily contributor for Bulldog Illustrated and, and of course, hosts this show that drops three days a week on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Make sure to get out to iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, any way you listen, and search Recruiting Every Second, and you can subscribe like leave a review we really appreciate that bulldog illustrated youtube channels where you can see this show go down the the video version of it so jeremy uh obviously there with kentucky i just think that mark stoops is going to be able to sell that like you said that sell that development of talent and it really is just depends on how kentucky kind of starts off this year mm-hmm. um if they if they start off hot you know uh you know four four and one five and one start with kentucky with the momentum they have uh in this recruiting class already i think i wouldn't be shocked if kentucky ends up you know number six seven in the country in this recruiting class and that that, that's a very real possibility um with kentucky they've got kenyatta goodwin who's who right now is committed to kentucky offensive tackle and he's Right now set to be the third highest recruit ever in the history of Kentucky football. So uh, by the by the recruiting rankings and and uh, recruiting services. So definitely a lot of momentum there at Kentucky. Now, last thing I want to touch on here and we're going to wrap it up for the show here. SEC portal watch. Man, a lot of stuff going on the portal. Like we mentioned, T.J. Finley, he's leaving LSU, could be headed to Auburn. There's other schools that have, that have touched on him. There's that, that would change up that quarterback situation over at Auburn. Uh, you know, like we said, Bo Nix is not a Brian Harson guy. This is a brand new regime over there. Who knows what happens with that? Um, also Henry Toto, we we said transferred from Tennessee to Alabama, Georgia picks up Brandon Turnage, a two year reserve safety for the Alabama Crimson tide now at the university of Georgia. So, a lot of things going on in this uh, in this transfer portal in the SEC, Jeremy. What I mean? How do you think people are going to adapt? Just going in, you know, now that it's basically open season with this one year transfer, and the SEC seems to be inevitably be inevitably going to approve the in conference transfers as well.
0: You know, as a coach, I think you have to be. You have, instead of being the one that kind of belly aches about this, this whole situation, because I could understand why it would be frustrating for a coach to, you know, recruit a kid for years and get him on your campus. And then because he doesn't play the first year, you know, he goes somewhere else for a better opportunity, which I mean, I I could see how that would be frustrating. But the guys who um, embrace this, the, the fastest will be the guys that will continue to, continue to have success and have success because of, the new climate and i think it's going to change the way you teams build their rosters i think you know you know you'll see teams stack a position or you know okay we're going to lose three of these guys so get the best guys that can play and figure out what to do with the rest of them and you know that's kind of how the nfl operates so i mean all i can say is they better get ready and you know I would make sure if i'm a, if I'm an athlete or a student athlete that's going through this, I, I make sure I get the right people around me to help me make this decision because sometimes transferring isn't the answer and sometimes it's the perfect answer because you know everybody's situation is different and you know every fit is different and I know it's I mean we've been in the pandemic for over a year now so like a lot of people haven't been able to evaluate their situations correctly and they get somewhere and they're like oh man this is not what i thought it was they should be able to go somewhere and try to find out what they need um you know for as far as trying to develop themselves as a human and as a a football player so yeah
1: they got to do what's best for them i would just recommend not posting you know pictures of brand new dodge chargers or uh you know mcdonald's bags of cash uh, anything like that. Uh, I would, I would try to keep that out on the, on the, on the down low if I was some of these transfer guys, Probably but I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, not, no need. You know, some things you got to stay the, like, I think there's a comedian one time said there's inside words and outside words, and then there's you know there's also there's also uh, private pictures and public pictures. So um, no, but seriously, I think uh, one situation I did want to hit on before we leave is with this transfer portal deal. Like you said, you're apt to lose guys, and guys have to adjust not only with how they're handling their roster management, but I think they have to adjust. Uh, coaches have to adjust in how they handle the playing situation of these guys guys are just not coming in to hold a clipboard or signal in plays their first year when they're when they got that five star uh, beside their name. Yeah. And it, it's hard to blame these young men because we you know the industry of recruiting the industry because it is a business of college football has built these kids up. For three years, you know, a lot of these five-star quarterbacks are rock stars, superstars, being highly coveted and sought after since they're 15 years old and a freshman in high school. And yeah. one of those examples would be Brock Vandegrift at, yeah. at Georgia. I think that it is incumbent on Georgia. I think they they are, especially given the history of Five star quarterbacks and thing, you know how things have shaken out at at Georgia. I am here to say I am not second guessing Kirby Smart one second. I would have done the, I would have done the exact same thing. I would have played Jake Fromm. I would have started Jake Fromm after he, you know, helped. And some people are going to say, well, the only reason they went to the national championship is what Jake Fromm had around him. I don't care. Jake Fromm was still the quarterback, and he, he, you know, he was, he was, he played well enough to put him in a and a chance to beat Alabama in in overtime. It should have beat Alabama in overtime that game. And Jake Fromm was a large piece of that. So putting all that aside, I think even though that's my opinion, a lot of public perception was that Kirby Smart, you know, messed that situation up and that Jake, Jake uh, Justin Fields should have, should have been the guy or should have played more or should have been used differently. Well, here's what I'm saying. There is no controversy at Georgia this year. JT Daniels, is the guy, should be the guy, should play. But I think that if Georgia's offense is as productive as I think it will be and they increase their output of from twenty averaging 21 first downs a game last year up to the level of Alabama and LSU the previous two years as national champions and get up more of that 28, 29 first downs a game, uh, then there will be plenty enough plays to have a set group of plays to let Brock Vandergriff – Use his mobility, his toughness, his arm strength, and get in there for a set of eight, eight, ten snaps a game, and keep the all, keep the defense off balance. Because Brock Vandergrift runs a four six forty. Well, that's not going to blow people away, but when you've got the possibility of him, you know, putting his head down, faking, and then releasing a seventy yard bomb, you know, with the arm strength that he got. All of a sudden, the defense guy hesitates one second, and he takes off that 4-6 becomes a 4-4. You know what I'm saying? So, I think there's plenty of room for that. I mean, do you think these coaches have to find ways to play these five stars, not only to keep them around, but also to get them a little experience for when they become the guy?
0: Well – you know, I, every situation's different. Like the the Justin Fields and Jake Fromm situation, I feel was a little different than this one, just because. Um, I don't know. I thought I, there just was a different vibe to that one than it is this one. You know, don't no disrespect to Jake. He just wasn't the the physical freak that, um, you know, J- Justin Fields was. So, obviously, that was different. But then also, the, I mean, there's not. JT Daniels is expected to be a 1st round draft pick next year. I mean, nobody ever – I mean, I guess there was time where people thought that about oh, Jake Fromm. Remember,
1: Jake Fromm was – He saying, was. He was for a bit. And then NFL was. draft pick, if he had came out the year before that he did, or, you know, if he had been been able to come out after his sophomore year, everybody was saying, oh, well, he would have been – But, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you that the skill set was a lot different. The skill set was different so it was obvious that there could
0: be a way to fin- 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 what do you say how do you say it a uh, a way to try to have them coexist whereas with this situation i feel like JT can do the same things that Brock Vandegrift can do so
1: step mobility wise step mobility
0: and i don't think i don't think we've seen all of what JT Daniels' mobility has been because he was still trying to get healthy last year so i really feel like that will be a part of his game that kind of comes out this year in how he plays i don't think people really know he has yet but I'm with you I do think you have to get whoever the second guy is on the field I mean whether it's Carson Beck or Brock Vanne you have to figure out a way how to get that that guy on the field but I also don't think there's a ton of pressure to get him out there just to say he's out there because I do believe that their schedule will allow them to do that regardless because I think this year that there are more opportunities for them to just kind of blow a team out and you know, kind of take the foot off the not necessarily take the foot off the gas, but just kind of put the backups out there and let them get on the field. That didn't really exist that year, um, other than the UMass game with Justin Fields and Jake Fromm. They were they were in a couple of tight ball games that they really shouldn't have been in, and I believe it was Middle Tennessee State that they kind of let them hang around for a while, and they really weren't able to get Justin out there and just unleash him. So I think that'll happen a little bit this year for uh, Vandergriff, and I think. Um, you know, I don't really feel like there's any, like you said, there is no controversy here. No. It's, it, and it shouldn't, there shouldn't be, but yeah,
1: I'm, I think saying, it, 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 I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not saying Brock Vanden Griff is a selfish player or anything like that either, but you know, if guys get there as a five star and they've got all this hype around them and then they don't get, you know, let's say it is 38 to seven and mm-hmm. Kirby Smart just keeps. JT Daniels in there just to hand the ball off and stuff like that and rides it out. And then Vandergriff maybe gets to go in there and do two or three plays on the very last position. That's just not going to sit well with kids. You know I mean? that That's, that, that's how that kind of, and that's what Georgia seems to have done in the past. Uh, we'll see what the change is there. Um, but Jeremy, man, I think we covered a lot of ground here and I, I enjoyed it, man. Absolutely.
0: As always, I definitely enjoy it myself. So, Always talking football, you know, don't get to be out and be around people as much as I
1: used to, but
0: anytime I can sit down and talk about football, I'm down for it. So,
1: Absolutely. So, guys, this has been Recruiting Every Second. Uh, That is Jeremy Johnson of the Athens Banner Herald, and I am Blaine Gilmer. And, guys, please subscribe, like, review, and we will catch you next time here on Recruiting Every Second. Presented by... Bet online. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches.
0: But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem
1: of a detour. Want to make Mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May twelfth. Find tons of gifts from only thirty dollars at Nordstrom Rack: fragrance, jewelry.